Welcome back to Reading the Book of Mormon with Ryan. Today we are doing chapter 19 of First Nephi. So that we are all in full awe of the greatness of the person that is sitting beside me. So when I was at Affirmation Conference a few uh, last year, actually in 2019, me and him had a lovely conversation about uh, stepping forward and not staying stagnant as members of the LGBT plus community and the LDS community. And like, how do we move that conversation forward? And he is the person that is 50% responsible for inspiring me for this podcast. Stop it. No, for reals though. Oh my goodness. So and you are... Hey, my name's Peter Moseman. Okay, and you are, what is your status on the LGBTQAI plus uh, mixed orientation marriage, same-sex attraction scale? Where do you yeah. find yourself? Um, I'm like Kinsey 12 gay. Oh, nice. Um, I'm like super gay, so. Um, my husband would say that you're not as gay as I am. Okay, well, <laughs> I don't know, maybe... Does he know me? Very I don't well? know. Well, I don't yeah. think he's ever met you. So. Yeah, so what does he know? What does he know? Just kidding. You're um, great. Um, where do you find yourself on the LDS scale of active, semi-active, less active, inactive, post-Mormon, excommunicated Mormon, left, non-Mormon? Where do you find yourself? Um, great question. So I grew up LDS, um, and I don't know if you're going to ask these other questions, but like, I'm just going to put it all into one, but like... Grew up LDS in Bountiful, North Salt Lake, Utah, um, as conservative as as they come. Um, I I served an LDS mission to... We're going to ask the question in a second. I know, but I'm I'm giving context to, like, the question that you asked. I'm sorry. Um, I went to Kentucky for my mission, came home. I was, like, super active and um, came out shortly after... I'm just going to take all of your questions. You're going to push them all into one. And but where are you at now? Uh, well, currently. Currently, I don't know. Um, I have... So are you saying it's a fluid scale for you right now? Yeah. Well, I'm in a transition period, I think. I think that um, the church, like, since coming out, and there's been a lot of, like, political stuff happening, it's really caused some trauma for me and so I've stepped away from the church okay um and questioned a lot and done a lot of like soul searching and faith searching and spirituality um exploration and I don't know I think maybe I kind of feel like I identify more as like a humanist at this point okay um all right post-mormon that's Mormon fine humanist that's fine um, you already said you went on a mission. I went on a mission to the Kentucky. exotic lands of Kentucky. Oh, so many cars on the road, side of the road, just set on fire. Yeah, that's what it um, was. Everywhere you turn. Everywhere. Um, I had to go there for army stuff. But, uh, and the last question is, you. so where do you live? So I live downtown Salt Lake City. What do you do? Um, I run the Gender and Sexuality Student Resource Center at Salt Lake Community College. I always forget to ask that question to people. And then the last question is, what is your relationship status? <sighs> Single. We'll skip. We'll skip. We'll skip. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, welcome. so we're going to do chapter 19 of First Nephi. 
Um, it looks like it's going to take about 10 to 12 minutes to read. So if you already know the material, go ahead and skip ahead 10 to 12 minutes into the podcast. If you do not know the material, we are going to read it verbatim and you can follow along in the Book of Mormon. Yeah. Go ahead. All right. So let's do this. Are we Um, switching off? Okay. So go ahead. Okay. Um... So starting first Nephi 19. And it came to pass that the Lord commanded me, wherefore I did make plates of ore that I might engraven upon them the record of my people. And upon the plates which I made, I did engraven the record of my father, who also, and also our journeyings into the wilderness and the prophecies of my father. And also many of mine own prophecies have I engraven upon them. And I knew not at the time when I made them that I should be commanded of the Lord to make these plates. Wherefore, the record of my father and the genealogy of his fathers and the more, and the more part of all our proceedings in the wilderness are engraven upon those first plates of which I have spoken. Wherefore, the things which transpired before I made these plates are of a truth more particularly made mention upon the first plates. And after I had made these plates by way of commandment, I, Nephi, received a commandment that the ministry and the prophecies, the more plain and precious parts of them, should be written upon these plates, and that the things which were written should be kept for the instruction of my people, who should possess the land, and also for other wise purposes, which purposes are known unto the Lord. Wherefore, I, Nephi, did make a record upon other plates, which gives an account, or which gives a greater account, of the wars and contentions and destructions of my people. And this have I done, and commanded my people that they should do after... And, sorry. And this have I done, and commanded my people what they should do after I was gone, and that these plates should be handed down from one generation to another, or from one prophet to another, until further commandments of the Lord. And an account of my making these plates shall be given hereafter. And then, behold, I proceed according to that which I have spoken, and this I do, that the more sacred things may be kept for the knowledge of my people. Nevertheless, I do not write anything upon plate I do not write anything upon plates save it be that I think it be sacred. And now, if I do err, even did they err of old, not that I would excuse myself because of other men, but because of the weakness which is in me, according to the flesh, I would excuse myself. For the things which some men esteem to be of great worth, both to the body and soul, others set at naught and trample under their feet. Yea, even the very God of Israel do men trample under their feet." I say trample under their feet, but I would speak in other words. They set him at naught, and hearken not to the voice of his counsels. And behold, he cometh, according to the word of the angel, in six hundred years from the time my father left Jerusalem. And the world, because of their iniquity, shall judge him to be a thing of naught. Wherefore they scourge him, and he suffereth it. And they smite him, and he suffereth it. Yea, they spit upon him, and he suffereth it, because of his loving kindness and his long suffering towards the children of men. And the God of our fathers, who were led out of Egypt, out of bondage, and also were preserved in the wilderness by him, yea, the God of Abraham, and of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, yieldeth himself, according to the words of the angel, as the 
as a man into the hands of wicked men to be lifted up according to the words of Zenic and to be crucified according to the words of Nahum mm-hmm. and to be buried in a sepulcher according to the words of Zenus, which he spake concerning three day, concerning the three days of darkness, which should be a sign given of his death unto those who should inhabit the isles of the sea, more especially given unto those who are of the house of Israel. For thus spake the prophet, The Lord God surely shall visit all the house of Israel at that day, some with his voice, because of their righteousness, unto their great joy and salvation, and others with the thunderings and the lightnings of his power, by tempest, by fire, and by smoke, and vapor of darkness, and by the opening of the earth, and, the, and by mountains which shall be carried up. And all these things must surely come, saith the prophet Zenos, and the rocks of the earth must rend, and because of the groanings of the earth, many of the kings of the isles of the sea shall be wrought upon by the Spirit of God to exclaim, The God of nature suffers. And as those who are at Jerusalem, saith the prophet, they shall be scourged by all people, because they crucify the God of Israel, and turn their hearts aside, rejecting signs and wonders and the power and glory of the God of Israel. And because they turn their hearts aside, saith the prophet, and have despised the Holy One of Israel, they shall wander in the flesh and perish and become a hiss and a byword and be hated among all nations. Nevertheless, when the day cometh, saith the, prophet, saith, saith the prophet, that they no more turn aside their hearts against the Holy One of Israel, then will he remember the covenants which he made to their fathers. Yea, then will he remember the isles of the sea, yea, and all the people who are of the house of Israel. And I gather, or will I gather in, saith the Lord, according to the words of the prophet Zenos, from the four quarters of the earth. Yea, and all the earth shall see the salvation of the Lord, saith the prophet. Every nation, kindred, tongue, and people shall be blessed. And I, Nephi, have written these things unto my people, that perhaps I might persuade them that they would remember the Lord their Redeemer. Wherefore, I speak unto all the house of Israel, if it so be that they should obtain these things. For behold, I have workings in the Spirit, and doth weir- which doth weary me even that all my joints are weak, for those who are at Jerusalem. For had not the Lord been merciful to show unto me concerning them, even as he had prophets of old, even as he had prophets of old, I should have perished also. And he surely did show unto the prophets of old things concerning them, and also he did show unto many concerning us. Wherefore, it must needs be that we know concerning, that we know concerning them, for they are written upon the plates of brass. Now it came to pass that I, Nephi, did teach my brethren these things, and it came to pass that I did read many things unto them, which were engraven upon the plates of brass, that they might know concerning the doings of the Lord in other lands among people of old. And I did read many things unto them, which were written in the books of Moses, but that I might more fully persuade them to believe in the Lord their Redeemer, I did read unto them that which was written by the prophet Isaiah, For I did liken all scriptures unto us, that it might be for our profit and learning. Wherefore I spake unto them, saying, Hear ye the words of the prophet, ye who are a remnant of the house of Israel, 
a branch who have been broken off. Hear ye the words of the prophet, which were written unto all the house of Israel, and liken them unto yourselves, that ye may have hope as well as your brethren from whom ye have broken off. For after this manner has the prophet written. All right, so what jumps out at you just... Just what jumps out at you? Do you have anything that like jumps out at you, word choices, or anything that makes you think of anything that? Um, I mean, the this whole um, chapter is about the reason for preserving the records, right? It's both like spiritual dealings and temporal historical dealings. Um, some of the things I don't know. Let's see. Who should possess the land and also other wise purpose, which purposes are known to the Lord? I, Nephi, did make a record of the plate, which gives a greater account of the destruction of my people. And as this I have done, commanded by the people should do after I was gone, that these plates should be. Now, there was something over here that made me think of like an MLM, like people um, like just, you know, trying to. There was something that stood out to me, like while you were reading, I was like, an MLM, because I've been talking to people a lot about like how MLMs are pretty much bad. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot of them, and it's like they've been around for years and years and years, and it's like not exclusive to Utah, but for some reason Mormons like really, really grab love their MLMs. Oh, love their MLMs, and MLMs are multi-level marketing. Um, I'm trying to find the part that made me think of that. But there, also the idea of journaling, mm-hmm. just the idea of like writing down your thoughts and like there are thoughts that are like spiritual and there are thoughts that are less spiritual that jumped out at me a lot in this. And then the, in chapter or verse 12, also Zenus. Why yeah. does Zenus, I don't know, something about Zenus popping out a lot to me that was just really interesting that I don't remember him being that that important yeah but for here it seems like okay Zenus is really you know but he was prophesying some big stuff going on yeah he was and then um, somehow didn't make it into any of the records though yeah clear he was prophesying that's funny prophesying big things but then he's not in the small plates or the big plates yeah like I don't he's like a big deal but not really humble about it I guess like I mean like is, Did he not record his own record? Is he like the Lisa Loeb of the scriptures where he's like, has one really big hit that no, that everyone kind of knows, but then is behind the scenes on so many movies, TV shows, music, like is behind working, pulling things. Probably. So, I don't know who that is, but. Um, you say, I talk so all the time, her? From like the mid nineties, uh, go- Google her. Okay, you'll you'll know the song. Everybody, Google Lisa, Lisa Loeb. Loeb. Oh, Nine Lives, such a good album. Yeah, but um, I also like the God of Nature suffers. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. Especially as you're a vegan, I was like, oh, that made me think of you. I was like, I wonder if you like find the like where it's talking about nature and like that. Yeah, and it is interesting because it it. One of the things in that that section, it was um, verses 11 and 12, right? 
that God is going to visit people differently, right? Some people are going to hear his voice. Some people are going to see this natural phenomenon. Others are going to like experience darkness. Like everyone is getting a different sign for the same God, right? And which I think is pretty interesting, especially, I mean, for us as queer people um, who don't fit the traditional mold of what a Mormon is or what a Mormon should be or look like or, or how or it behaves. Acts. Yeah. Um, yet we are all taught that God or the divine speaks to us all differently. But right? that's, as I do this podcast, I keep finding more and more like people are like, well, this com- was confirmed to me, even though mm-hmm. like I had the most spiritual experience doing this and but the church says no like being gay is bad but they're like when i prayed about being gay it was like almost like the most spiritual experience i've oh, yeah. ever had totally about anything is like the confirmation that yes you are gay and you were meant to be gay yeah and so like, i i've had that like my... so, so many people that i've talked to who are like in that like quandary kind of like you are where you're like right now it's a fluid movement of like am I active am I am I active am I leaving where where am I mm-hmm. and I have a friend that just left the church and um he and I have talked at great length about our our confirmations for ourselves that we've received from Heavenly Father about our queerness and yeah. like how we were meant to be queer mm-hmm. like there is something very special about our queerness that allows us to be who we are. Right. So yep. I totally, I totally agree with that. And you know, it's interesting as I was, as I was coming out, like, so I had this like come to Jesus moment that like you described, probably the most spiritual experience of my life was when I came to understand that my queerness was a divine creation, that it was not a mistake and I'm not broken. Right. Like, mm-hmm the most spiritual experience of my life. Um, And following that, as I start coming out to people, um, my circles were all in the church, right? So all of my people were members. I can't tell you how many times I was told that 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 was the devil appearing as an angel of light, that, that because it didn't align with what the church was teaching, it was false. And it yes. was it was of the devil. It was of Satan, and, and I all of that was like invalidated. But it's like one of those things too. Is like we're supposed to develop and question. Like throughout the like someone brought up this wonderful thing in one of the other other episodes about questioning, like how this whole thing of Mormonism started because of a singular question. Oh yeah, and like why should we not question things, and why shouldn't we not be trying to like. Like, instead of narrowing things off, why aren't we expounding and, like, going into different things and bringing spirituality into other things versus narrowing them off? Right. And um, one thing that I also found very... I was just going to speak to that a little bit, that, like, I think it's often that we try to limit God. We put God in, like... A but parameter. But he's limitless. Right. But we, in order to try to make sense of him and try to make sense of our lives and make it easier for us to live our lives, I think we put God in a box and say, okay, God, and if I follow God, I'm doing these XYZ. 10 commandments and it simplifies it and we put these parameters on it. But one of the things as I've been coming out and doing the soul searching is like, God is limitless, right? Like, Duh. Um, the divine is 
all-knowing, all-powerful, all of these things. And what, who are we to say that God can't or won't do these things, right? Um, and so that's one of those things that I think is pretty pretty. I like that you were using the words parameters because the other thing that stands out to me in this chapter is Israel versus Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Is I, I still hear this today and like people are like, well, back in the state of Israel, like as if Israel, the state of Israel existed in this time period. And I'm like, no, Israel is only about 60 years old. Mm-hmm. The state of Israel is about six year old. So these are all tribes of Israel that have taken up in different parts of the what is now known as Israel. And like Jerusalem is like a city that is all at this time also, you know, occupied by the Kurds and the Romans and Muslims and it's occupied by tons of people and 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 it's like people are talking about Israel it's like no at this time Israel was like calling them like the blacks or the Mexicans or the Europeans or mm-hmm. so it's like that versus Jerusalem versus like a physical state of like um, California versus Jerusalem or Texas versus Jerusalem. So it's not how we talk about it. It's, it's very different and how a geographical location versus a group of people. Mm-hmm. And anyway, yeah. And how that's talked about here in the scripture. Well, we're going to take a break real quick and we will be right back. Okay. And we're back and we are doing first Nephi chapter 19 with Peter Moosman. Moseman. Like Moses. Moses. Moseman. Moseman. Moses. Peter Moseman. So, okay. So we're going to talk right now specifically how this chapter, chapter 19, affects you as a queer man and as me as a queer man. Like, like, or gay, however you want to. So we're doing like what was written by the prophet Isaiah Isaiah, and likening all scriptures unto us that it might be for our profit and learning as it says in verse 23. So what are you saying? That this is good for us to do this podcast? (laughs) So what you're saying is like you're confirming that I'm doing something that's not... I'm not a heretic. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, you just said we're going to see how this chapter applies to us, and that's what we, Literally, have, been, okay. we have been told I to total, do. Okay, I'm just going <laughs> to... This, as I have mentioned in previous episodes, I'm an idiot. <laughs> and, like, I totally missed that. I think that's hilarious. I yeah, know. it says that we likened all scriptures unto us, and that's what you just told me to do. We're we're gonna talk about this chapter and how it applies to. But us I tell as people, people to do and, that in every episode, and this literally. is especially significant because it literally tells tells us to do that from the book of Moses. From the book of Moses, <laughs> verse twenty three. It says from the book of Moses, as I also can't <laughs> pronounce your last name, and you're like it's Moses, Moses, like Moses. Yes. Uh, uh, there's so many funny things right now. I'm just like, I'm tearing up oh making me laugh goodness. so hard. Oh, I'm so dumb sometimes. Bless your heart. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. I am an idiot. No, you're not. Ugh. If you have never met me um, and you're listening to this podcast, know that I am like 50% garbage person, 50% Stop. sparkle unicorn. So... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes. Well, anyway. Yeah. So what else... So, let me, uh, let me tell, like, speaking of, um, like, La- the a- application to my life, right? Mm-hmm. 
And one of the things is I was coming out and I was receiving this feedback from members of the church um, that what I was doing was wrong, that I was sinning. And um, as I've now kind of stepped away and have a different perspective and seeing how like the dynamics, especially here in Salt Lake City, how the dynamics between the queer community and the Mormon church community Mm-hmm. Um, respond and interact with each other. Uh, I think it's really interesting. And as I watch these interactions and I, as I look at uh, my faith community, right, my, my upbringing, I think a lot and, and thinking about how the Book of Mormon is, quote, written for our time as a warning, um, I look at a lot of the stuff in here and it speaks to me that the church as an institution is falling into this system that is being warned of in the Book of Mormon, right? And I look at verse 13, um, it says, And as for those who are at Jerusalem, saith the prophet, they shall be scourged by all people because they crucify the God of Israel and turn their hearts aside rejecting signs and wonders and the power and glory of the God of Israel. And kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier of like, I was having these spiritual experiences and people were refusing to see them as spiritual experiences. So this is, I'm glad that that's what you brought up because one thing that really stood out to me and really um, that I strongly believe in is where in verse 11, it talks about all the different signs for the same thing. Mm Mm-hmm. How different people are going to get different signs, right? And I like that you, Peter, got your sign your way, right? And then you tried to show it to people, and people are like, "No, yeah." And like the way I got my sign is very different, probably than the way you got your sign. Um, I tried dating girls super hard. I was at same. Ugh. Um, lo- women are lovely and I need women voices on this show, but, uh, <laughs> so bad, but, uh, but that doesn't mean you need to date them doesn't and mean, court but, them. But the thing is like, we're all different people. And like the way I got my confirmation that this was a good thing was very like, to be honest, um, that I felt like I remember taking a girl to see a Dior fashion show, a couture fashion show, and just being like on the edge of my seat enamored and her being like, this is dumb. Why am I here and who am I with? And I was like, (laughs) oh, okay, 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 okay. This is not the right thing. And then I was thinking about who would be interested in this. And I was like, I want someone like that. And then I realized, oh, okay, okay, dudes. Yeah. Gay men like fashion. Uh, a little bit. Generally. Yeah. Gen- generally bit. speaking. Generally. Not to buy into the stereotype too much, but here we are dressed in our... I would just... I did not mean to <laughs> wear what I'm wearing. I, it was an accident, but it's uh-huh. very funny that... So, for, the, for those listeners at home, because podcasting is such a visual medium. Right. And it's... Or audible. Not visual. Uh, it's a joke. It's sarcasm. Oh, oh okay. I totally picked up on that sarcasm. Oh, Thank good, you. Good. Go ahead. Is that we walk in and I'm wearing Jean Petit's volley and like, t- and, and Peter's like making fun of my Fendi bag and my Louis like bag that I have my scriptures in and he's like, 
so fancy. And I was like, mm, okay, thank you. But I think that also, like, we're, like, it's, like, I feel like the way we talk about Israel in this chapter is also how we talk about, like, it can be interesting how we talk about, like, Mormonism, not just the gay community, but Mormonism or the non-Mormon community or the gay community. Like, how, like, if you think of what Israel is in the scriptures, how it's a larger subset of groups. And then yeah. Israel itself was divided into 12 more groups. And even within those groups, they had subsects, some yeah. of them. So I feel like it's very apropos to talk about like Mormonism um, as Israel. Mm-hmm. And then like our tribe of Israel, our tribe of Mormonism is gay Mormonism. Mm-hmm. And then even within that, it's subsected. And it's like learning to be a part of larger Israel without feeling like we're being cast out of Israel. Right. So, and I think that's where I'm at, is mm-hmm. like trying to figure that out. And I mean, like, I've gone through some fun experiences with, and also like, I really feel like your personality, like if you move to New York, like not that I would want you to because you're doing such great work here, is that um, just so that we're all clear, Peter is like a super great activist in New York, in uh, Salt Lake, trying to help oh with gosh, the LG- no, LGBT community. Um, as much as, I mean, you, you physically can't, there's only so much you can do. You can't force people to be open-minded. Right. And like, I fully like understand that you're doing way more than I am in that. But I also understand like, um, like that if you were in New York, like I'm in New York and I understand I can't do much because there's so much that has already been done. Yeah. So maybe you're like the Zenus in this chapter. Oh my gosh. Hi, you can call me Z. <laughs> call me Z. <laughs> what are your pronouns? Um, but, he, him, his. But he... Or but, they, them, I guess. But I, I feel like as we talk about these scriptures, I feel like there are ways to talk about it for us as LGBT people, yeah. especially like that specifically relate to me. Um, like the idea of journaling that he talked about and having two sets of journals... And I mean, like, I feel like to me, this podcast is very much me like doing the br- my, my, my big plates of brass. And then at home, <laughs> literally, literally, I probably write, I have a small file on my computer where I'm like writing things when it strikes it's, and I'm not super constant about it. And it's for me and not for anyone else. And it's like, I track a lot of like my depression and I track a lot of like my like my joy so there's a lot of like peaks and valleys in it and there's not a lot in the middle mm-hmm. so and I try to think about how did I get to this peak or how did I get to this valley yeah yeah I am not a good journaler I don't journal at all actually why unless not you count, like, I like journal. unless you count Twitter as journaling which oh it could like social on... media kind of doubles as a journal I guess in my mind it's the most would that be your large plates or your small plates I don't know would would your Instagram be your large plates and your Twitter be your small plates <laughs> sure because sure. you can only put 160 characters yeah, in yeah. Um, I think I don't know well yeah you're right so like Twitter and Instagram are very much like historical because it's just like hey this happened or this is going on um, oftentimes on Facebook I'll write more like in-depth stuff and 
it generally leans more to like a spiritual nature. And so I guess there's that. So my social media are my, my plates. So that's what, that's what it is for you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that there's a lot here about like the idea of journaling and also like what is the confirmation of the spirit and like how God's going to communicate to Peter versus how God communicates to me. Um, how does God communicate to you? Do you feel like he bashes me? I feel like it's a cartoon for me and it's like, I'm like, God's got like the acme mallet Mm -hmm. and like has to bash me over the head with it. That's how I feel like God communicates to me because sometimes I'm so dense about getting things. Yeah. Um, I think, so my, I'm trying to think of, cause I haven't really considered these types of things for a long time. Right. Um, as I've been focusing on, is, I, so I, I kind of talked about earlier my spiritual, where I'm at spiritually, I would kind of identify as like a <coughs> Mormon post Mormon humanist. Right. Okay. And I think. I think spirituality or religion in general um, often directs people to the future, right? Like to salvation or after this life, we need to be doing these things so that we can like build our treasures in heaven, right? Uh-huh. Um, and so I, th- I think for a lot of people, those um, interactions with the divine are, are largely guided guiding them to those points of eternity, right? Like, what are you doing here and now to get to where you need to be ultimately, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know if that, if you'd agree with me or not, but that's kind of how I felt like it is. So for me right now, um, my spirituality is very much in being present, right? So not looking to the eternities or looking to salvation, but looking to right now. And what am I doing today that is building that, building, building my, my current lived experience or building my community or building, building the experience of what's going on around me and my world. Um, and so like my, my spirituality are, are, or that the spirituality in those moments where I feel like the divine is communicating with me is when I feel present and when I feel like I'm having um, experiences with people that are like good experiences. Okay, so it's very different for, so for me, like, so yours is all about the presentness of Mm -hmm. being in the moment, which is very different for me because half the time I'm like zoning out and like, (laughs) like shiny objects distract me. Um, But I like that you're, you're understanding like that you're, uh, for you, this is how you commune with the divine and how yeah. you commune is like being so present in the moment that if there is something that needs to talk to like he needs to talk to you, he knows that you're so present and like aware and awake that you can. For me, like I feel like he tries to and it's like, hello, hello, anybody home? And like, the lights are on, but everyone's like paying attention to the birthday cake in the back room. Like, it's, <laughs> I feel like that's how I am a lot of the time. Just ask my husband. Yeah. Um, but he, uh, 
but I, that's why I feel like Heavenly Father has to like hit me over the head sometimes with yeah. things. Like there are times that during this podcast where I've like, am I doing the right thing by even doing this podcast? And I feel like I talk to people about the podcast and like, and everyone seems to be so behind the project and so behind like this. And it makes me happy because it's giving people a voice in a conversation yeah. and de-weaponizes religion against our community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and that's yeah. super important to me. Yeah, and I, I think that um, it is important. And, and so kind of like taking from what we are discussing of like how, at least for me, my communication with the divine is is very much to to direct me to the here and the now um and and i think so when i read scripture or i read something that i feel that connection with the divine um it's all about like this is what you need here and now right like you're reading this to apply to you now not to apply to you as a god in the future once you are saved and exalted but like this is for you in the present moment okay and i'm here for it um some of the things that like really some of my most spiritual experiences today are happening when i am connecting with god's creation right or um, so like when I, well, you spend so much of your time helping other people, like that's yeah. what your whole job is. Like you are lucky enough to have a job where you are physically like helping other people, like with like pointing them to directions. Like at the end of every episode, I try to like point people and like, um, to go to look for, like, if you're feeling depressed, mm -hmm. please reach out to friends, family, loved ones. And, um, like don't commit suicide, look for resources, go Google, you know, what are your local suicide preventions? Because to me, the biggest thing that I hear about in the church for our community is suicide. And yeah. like, what I can do is like yell out for them is like, you're not alone. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you get to help people here in Utah. I am in a place of privilege where I can go to church openly gay, married, and like almost nobody bats an eye. Right. But you here, if you were married, it would be a lot more difficult oh, for, for sure. you. And I have to acknowledge the privilege that I have in the life that I live. And I also have to respect that you are, what you feel like you're doing, I am in full on respect of like what you're doing because you're like down on the ground, like, helping people one-on-one -on -one. and I'm sure it's emotionally and physically hard for you some days because I, I can't imagine what you hear. <laughs> it takes its toll sometimes but I've got a good support system and I mean like I can't imagine the things that you have to hear and I and like the things that you like you don't like I feel also like when it talks about from generation to generation these things will be passed down and I'm like like the things of like the hate and the pain that you're trying to prevent from being passed down to generation yeah. to generation. Like that to me is quite, um, quite amazing. And I, I think that that's what we're both doing, right? We're, we're both trying to create a world that that pain is no longer passed on 
but instead it is hope. Um, we're passing along these stories of reclamation and power to give future generations that hope so that they can come out and live their best lives and be them. I, I feel like that's what I'm doing, but there are days when I'm like, this is the most nonsense that I could imagine. Yeah. So. Well, that might be true too. Who knows? We'll I mean, see. I mean, I'm not a scripture scholar. I mean, I'm kind of frivolous and I'm kind of like, I have a lot of levity to the scriptures and... But then, like, Joseph Smith was like, like, when I hear, every time I think, he's like, I think God didn't let me have the Book of Mormon this time because I had the sin of levity. And I just want to be like, is that really a sin? Right. Is that? Or is it just being, like, a different way of living and you feel that God was chastising you? And I don't, and I don't know if that's real or not. It's just my own interpretation yeah. of, like, for me. Right. I am very... Uh, you've met me. I will speak my mind and I will say just about anything. Which is perfect. I think it's in, in, it's an important characteristic to have. Um, funny story real quick is that um, who was I with the other day that was like, oh, if you want someone to ask someone a question, ask, tell Ryan half of the story and watch him run over to the person. And like, <laughs> Try ask, to get the rest of the story. I out. need to know all the facts from you. <laughs> So, I love it. I love it. So anyway, uh, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back and talk about the LGBTQ plus community. Okay. Welcome back to the Book of Mormon with Peter Moosman. I mean, Ryan. Um, so now we're going to talk about... You got my last name wrong again. Did I really? Moseman. There you Damn go. Damn it. Yeah, there you oh, go. Heck. <laughs> um, but, and that's a really big but. Well, it's okay. What? I was just going to... No, nothing. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, you go. Say it. Say it. No. Please. I was just going to say... <clears throat> um, people... So when I introduce myself and I say my name is Peter Moseman, like, they got it, right? Like, they get it. The second they see it written down, they resort to, like, Moosman or Mooseman or something. Um, like, people that have known me my whole life and know me as Peter Moseman... Right when they see it written down, there's like something in their head they forgot. It's everything. two M's though, isn't it? It's two O's. Two O's. That's yeah. what it is. It's Moseman. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh huh. But it looks like Moose Man. There's no E in it, so it's M O O S M A N. It's. Did I put an E in your name? Dutch. Did I write that? No, I did not. Look, I spelled it right. Very good. <laughs> ah, I am the worst speller Very on good. earth. You've read my text messages. But um, we're talking about First Nephi chapter 19, yes. and we're going to talk about the community now, about okay. how this affects the community. And I love what, how you started the last segment about likening the scriptures to us. Mm-hmm. And I feel like as gay men, there's, you and I are talking about this, how it applies to us as gay men. Mm-hmm. And I feel like lesbians... Oh, pardon me. I'm like all the hiccupy and burpy right now. Um, <laughs> but lesbians have a different point of view because of their life. Even other gay men have different points of view. Right. I think like all of us have different points of view. Lesbians, trans. If you are trans and uh, want to be a part of this podcast, I'm in desperate need of your voice as well. If you're, I do have, I have had one person that was um, 
uh, considered themselves to be SSA, same-sex uh, attraction. attraction. They did not consider themselves to be gay. And I was like, I'm so happy to have you on because your voice is also like um, needed in the in this yeah. conversation. And also I'm trying to get people who are in mixed orientation marriages to come forward and talk about it as well just because you're not alone. Right. And there needs to be resources, not just for us as LGBT people, but for everyone who wants to be a faithful member of the church. Like, there's not one way to be a faithful member of the church. And then it explains how God doesn't talk to everybody in verse 11, how if you pulled all the members of the church and got them to be like, honestly, not how the church tells you you receive revelation, but how, what is your relationship with Heavenly Father? And I'm not talking about the gay community. I'm talking about the the heteronormative man woman household he works she stays at home with 10 kids and like how do you receive personal revelation from our heavenly father you're going to get a myriad of answers right and i think the plethora of answers that you get will be so diverse and so shocking that the dissent in the voices will give power and understanding that god doesn't communicate with us in one way it's he's not binary it's yeah. he has a formularic phone call to call you and be like this is how i'm going to contact you right right yeah everybody's got their own way of experiencing revelation um that connectivity with the divine and i think that that's one of the biggest things that i've learned since coming out and having these conversations with so many people is that um it's not a cookie cutter response, right? That uh, we're not all getting the same answer in the same way. And that's, fine. I think, a beautiful thing, right? It's fine. That, that, that that connection is so personal that it works for you and nobody else, right? Because and, you've built that relationship with our Heavenly Father. And I think, feel like... As you read through this chapter, it talks about the the journaling and the passing down things and like the signs are different for people and then likening the scriptures to you. I think that's backing everything you're saying. Mm-hmm. And we, we really need to focus in on that component, I think, of recognizing that our lived experiences are not the same and consequently the way that we communicate and receive direction from the divine is going to be different as well. Wait a second. So our lived experiences are different? So let me get this straight. So you're telling me that living in Utah is different than living in like New York or Nebraska? Yes, yes, definitely. Definitely sure. so. I know, right? Sure. Hard to believe. It's hard to believe. But I mean, even even in Salt Lake City, even in New York City, whatnot. Um, so would it be different from dra- living in Draper and being LGBTQ versus, versus living, living in, in downtown, downtown Salt Lake? Or the oh, Sugar yeah. Hood? Oh, yeah. And even beyond that, I mean, we talk about just geographic location and how that affects us and our spirituality and our lived perspectives and experiences. Um, but then to layer other identities, right? So like me as a white gay man, if 
versus my friend who is a black gay man, who? they're going to be entirely different experiences, right? Or um, being... Helaman. Helaman is a POC. Right. He's, he's not black, but... He's a yeah. POC. He's a person of color. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, like, um, I think there's power in calling people POCs because it makes their group much larger. And it's more. like... It's more strength in numbers. Yes, yeah. exactly. And there's like, and it's what to me is one of those things where I'm like, I'm very like, yes, you're black or Hispanic or whatever, or you're Asian, but you're a POC. And now, now all of a sudden you have a much bigger group that you can be a part of. Yeah. And I think the LGBT community is, is a wonderful thing. And I also think it's wonderful that people are a part of the subgroups of like uh, trans or just gay or, you know, Asexual, yeah, yeah. I, uh, intersex or whatever you are. Like, I think that that's wonderful as well. But I'm glad that you have the larger community as well. Right. To like, that we can hopefully lean on, right? Yeah. I mean, I know there's a lot of fragmentation and like conflict within the community, but I hope that we can learn to let like those walls down and advocate for each other regardless, right? Um, I mean, other intersecting identities that I think are important to take into account that change our lived experience, right? That me as a temporarily able-bodied individual um, versus someone who is quadriplegic quadriplegic or or living with a serious mental illness, right? Like those things are going to affect how we interact and live our lives and consequently consequently how we... uh, work with the divine so i also think like like i i never would have thought about that but then all of my first thing was like i know several people who are have amputees who um i've like when i would go do stuff at the va in new york city and i'm like oh i know this person's a amputee from iraq and this person's an amputee from vietnam and it's like listening to them tell their stories and how like their addiction to drugs and alcohol mm-hmm affects how them and some of them are very religious people but they are so addicted to drugs right like they god god's going to save me but i right now i just need my i need my my meds from the va but god's going to save me and it's like and then like how people who don't have drug addiction will sit from a place of privilege and be like you're a sinner you're this you're that and it's like well you don't have his lived experiences to understand like maybe his pain killers are real because he can't physically live a normal life without the pain or maybe it is addiction or maybe it's this or but we don't we should not like we should not sit in a place where we're like you're this and also the more i do this podcast and i always almost always bring this up is that i keep learning this thing and it becomes more and more true to me is that your my paths are, are parallel at parts right but your path is yours and my path is mine and mine isn't any better or worse than yours. And it's just ours. Right. And like you're, I'm also gay white male, but you're single. I'm married different. Totally different. Um, I live in New York city. Stop. Stop. (laughs) Um, uh, but I live in New York city. You live in Salt Lake city. Um, you work for a college that does great work. I work for myself doing this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have a 
large group of people that help you with your advocacy work. I have a very small group of people that help me with my yeah. advocacy work. Um, you are maybe on your way out. Maybe you're just taking a break with the church. I go to church every Sunday that I'm in New York. Mm -hmm. um, everyone in my ward knows my husband and he comes to church activities, but he doesn't come to church. Um, also, I'm in a mixed religious household because my husband's Jewish. Like, our paths are different, and how am I supposed to tell you how to live your life from the place of privilege of marriage, of mm -hmm. uh, place of privilege of liberal New York City, the place of privilege of, you know, like, all of these things. Like, how am I supposed to yeah. tell you how to live your life? I can tell you, like, we have correlations, and, like, in this idea of journaling, um... Like, there's so many things that I look at. Like, Tom Christofferson wrote a book, and I thought it was so inane. Like, it was... Like, it's it's a book for straight people to understand gay people in the most shallow way. Like, the, the most... Um, like, it's good if you're a heterosexual person and you're trying to understand the point of view of gay people it's a great entry level book it's yeah. like the it's like the uh, amelia bedelia of understanding gay rights for go. mormonism um but you're gonna have to get into deeper and, and more real things and then you have people like charlie bird who his story and it's kind of like Again, it's more of a, a flash in the pan. It's like, what's her name? Jojo something. Jojo's awesome. That Disney... She's got the giant bow. Uh, one of my nieces... I have no idea. So one of my best friends, her daughter's obsessed with her. She's like on Nickelodeon or Disney. Like, if you go down the kids' aisle, she's this white girl with a giant ponytail with a giant bow on the top of her head. She's very flashy and like flash in the pan moment. Yeah. She's like the Miley Cyrus of right now. Okay, very good. So, and I feel like... Charlie Bird, he's the Miley Cyrus of right now. He's doing good work by being who he is, but then he's also a flash in the pan. How sustainable is this? Uh, and then you get into the deeper, deeper things of, you know, of um, uh, like gay advocacy. And then you start to find like the HRC and you start to find mm -hmm. like the uh, Trevor Project and you start to find like suicide hotlines and you start to find about suicide advocacy and you start to realize like all the damage that is there like we've gotten past Amelia Bedelia and you know the sparkle and shine but now let's talk about like the nitty-gritty yeah of and saving I think lives like and... like Tom Christofferson serves a purpose Charlie Bird serves a purpose yeah and it's like but it doesn't serve a purpose to the gay community as much as it serves a, a an outreach to the heterosexual community yeah that makes sense so I, I applaud both of them for what they've done. Oh, for sure. But, um, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I guess kind of bringing it back to the chapter that we were reading about being, hearing the voice and being directed through many ways, right? Yeah. Some people need Tom's book. Some people need Charlie Bird. Some people need Peter. Some people need Ryan. Nobody needs Ryan. Well, I was just trying to be polite. No, just thank, kidding. You, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, but like um, we're all doing different things, right? Like I stand outside of the conference center at General Conference with a sign that says hug, hug, a, a, gay Mormon. hug a gay Mormon or hug a latter gay saint. 
Um, oh, is that what your sign said I, this year? I changed it, yeah. Oh, I love it. With a name change. Now it says Hug a Latter-day Saint. I um, love, I love like when I see like it comes up on Twitter and stuff and it's like, oh, there's Peter with the signs. Yeah. And then you have the, the trans woman that stands with mm-hmm. you. And then there's a lesbian that stands with you as well. Um, I'm, I think every general conference we get a, like different folks show up. But the, um, the, the trans so, woman's been there two or three times. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and so has Blair, uh, who had a bisexual sign and a queer sign d- at differing sessions. Um, see, but like, I feel like we are instruments to send this message, right? Oh. I do it using a sign at general conference. You do it with a podcast. Tom is using a book. You know, we're all doing it using the skills that we've been given, um, the skills that we have and the way that we function in order to draw people to a greater understanding. Yes. I, I think that's, I think that's so well said. Nephi did it by carving plates of brass and copying the things of Zenus. Yeah. And Zenic. Go Z. And, and Lehi and copying all those things down and being like, Hey everybody. And I guess that kind of also speaks to this idea of like, what is scripture? What is spirituality? What is all this that we're having this conversation of? Um, on a surface basic level, it's like drawing people to God, right? Like it's saying, like Nephi said, um, I do these things that they may know the Lord, their redeemer. Right. And I, in a sense, want that same thing, but I do it through helping people develop empathy for the queer community. Right. And so ultimately these goals are all the same. They just look differently. They sound differently. They present they're differently. They're not bad. They're not bad. Um, they're all serving the same purpose, which Nephi is calling us to do. Um, we just need to find our voice and what that looks like and how we present it and how we share it. So I would invite anybody listening to this podcast to look up Charlie Bird, look up Tom Christofferson, look them up and look at what they're doing. Like they're a good place to start. They're a fun place to start as well. Charlie's a very fun place to start. Um, he's very much, um, what's her name from Sound of Music? Um, Maria Von Trapp of Gay Rights, I would say, because he's a very fun place to start. Um, so uh, but so we're going to end talking real quick. Char- uh, I almost called you Charlie. Uh, Peter, is there anything that you want to talk about or advertise uh, that you're working on or that you want to send well, people I mean, I don't know who's who, like what demographics you have listening it to the podcast, matter. but if you find yourself a Salt Lake Community College student, please swing by our Gender and Sexuality Student Resource Center. It's a women's center. It's an LGBT center. Um, we're here to serve you. Um, we've got resources. We've got um, workshops. We've got support groups. All that kind of stuff is happening here in the center. It's been a great pleasure to be a part of it building the center we, we opened up in october so it's yeah i saw now. that's why um, i was so happy for you when i saw yeah, this yeah it's been really good um and then i i guess just kind of like a call to action to everybody is is finding your mo right find what you do well and do it with all your heart uh find how you can create the change in your life in your community in your world and start doing it i think like kind of going back to what Nephi calls us to do is like create that change 
that's why you told me to do that too, and that's why I started this podcast. Like, it was a mixture of you and Derek Knox. Awesome. So, Good old Derek. Hi, Derek. Have you listened to his podcast, Beyond uh, the Block? The Beyond the Block. Ugh, I love it. I powered through it in like a week. Nice. I found it, and like within like a week, I had, there was like 39 episodes when I started listening to it, and I finished all of them within a week. A week. There you go. I love it. And more coming out, so. Yeah. I like that it follows Come Follow Me, and like... It's, I also like that they're bringing in a lot of like queer representation by talking about other theological groups and also like studies and this, that, and the other. Like, Just, and different perspectives on faith and spirituality, like a person of color's perspective on what it means to be Mormon. James? And, His name's James, right? Yeah. Um, and, you know, so like it's not just your typical voices that you hear at Sunday school, but it's like these essential voices in the conversation. I love it when James and Derek start laughing at each other. It's just so funny. Yeah. But uh, you're right. It's it's great to have different points of view in right. Sunday school. So, intersectionality for the win. Yes. Um also um if people aren't part of SLCC, can they come to the Gender Diversity Center? The Gender and Sexuality thing. Student Resource Center. Yeah, everybody's welcome. Okay, uh, so if you're a parent listening, you can also reach out and yeah. find stuff from you. I was helping a student the other day with some documentation on how to get their legal name changed. Um, and Trans? Or, uh-huh. Oh, yep. good for them! Yeah, so that's, I mean, that's the service that we provide. And if a mom needs to come in to help their child, um, I would love to sit down and... Just help folks find answers, find resources, and get connected. So, um, so one last thing is, if you'd like to be a part of this podcast, do you have an Instagram? Do you want to promote your Instagram or yeah. do you have an email or does the my my, does... my Twitter is at Peter Mosman. That's P E T R M O O S M A N, and then my Instagram, which I don't use too much. I mean, I'm on it every day, but I don't post every day. Um, is open your eyes eighty seven. So, do you have a Twitter or Instagram for the center? Yes. What is and, that? Um, the Insta is SLCC GSSRC. Okay. Um, so, if you have questions about the gender and sexuality center, um, did I say it right that time? Well, yeah, sure. It's the Gender and Sexuality Student Resource Center. It's a mouthful. You just shortened it. It's fine. That's fine. Okay. You got the essentials in there. Um, please reach out to Peter. Again, if you'd like to be a part of this podcast, please reach out to us at pioneerproject82 at gmail.com. Um, again, if you are thinking about committing suicide, please reach out to friends, family, relatives. Uh, also, start looking up resources for yourself that are online. Please, you are not alone. We are here for you. Um, and there are so many people who don't know you who love you. Um, again, thanks for joining us on Book of Mormon with Ryan.